For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program sponsored by The Caring Place with campuses at Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. They are celebrating their 100th anniversary serving the homeless, hungry, abused, and needy families. They continue to feed the hungry, care for the needy, and help rescue and change lives every day. Now your host for Mission Possible, the good news program, and the president of The Caring Place, here is Ronald Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are the caring place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. Good morning. Good Easter morning. Uh, this is the day the Lord has risen, and we are glad and rejoicing in it. Uh, I can't believe that this year is going by this fast. Uh, my name's Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president here. And by the way, I've been here over 30 years, and I still am excited every single day when I come to one of our centers in Miami or in Broward or maybe one of our housing complex that we have that I see past graduates and I see future graduates that are here changing their life. Uh, Easter and springtime is all about new lives and new beginnings. Uh, it's a remembrance of, you know, the flowers coming up in the north, not so much maybe down here in the south. But uh, it is a, a strategy that's been, uh, we've used for many, many years that we want people to have new beginnings, new lives, new destinies. And by the way, we can't do all that we do every single day in Miami, in Broward, serving over a thousand people every single day without the community. Uh, you know, I get so many nice letters and nice emails from our donors and our volunteers. I, I try my best to take the time to answer every single body. Uh, it's pretty daunting at times. But if you write into us, or if you email me, I want to make sure that I get back to you, uh, not just have someone else on the team do it, uh, because it's important that you did that. And uh, over the years, again, like I said earlier, I've met so many wonderful individuals and families. Uh, some have come for a, a month. Some have come for many years. I've met so many donors face-to-face that have been giving to us for two, five, ten years. And all along, uh, I want to see the fruit, the investment of people's time and of their finances and of their of their uh, their skills. And we can see it in the changed lives. You know, on Friday, it was Good Friday. And our centers actually closed down the streets and, and on Scott Street and down on Northwest First Avenue in Miami. And we had a wonderful, wonderful outreach. It's, it's called Thanksgiving on Good Friday. Uh, for many years, we've been doing it out on the streets. But for the last two years, uh, we had COVID cancel. And 
we weren't able to do it. And yet this year it was a little daunting, a little difficult to get back up to speed, uh, but we were able to do it. And over 1,500 people were blessed. Over 500 Easter baskets were given to kids. Uh, there was great meals. Uh, there was great entertainment. There was giveaways and hygiene products and clothing. Uh, but the highlight of Friday uh, our Thanksgiving on Good Friday outreach was actually washing the feet of the homeless. And it was quite a sight. You know, years and years ago, my wife said, you know something, uh, we always do something on Thanksgiving. We have a Christmas outreach. But as the year goes by, people forget about the homeless somewhat. So we want to do something very special to remind people that homelessness is a year-round problem. And so she said, let's wash the feet of the homeless, just like Jesus did before he was crucified. And I said, honey, that's not going to work. You know, people are not going to want to bend down. And what about the sanitary considerations and everything? But boy, was I wrong. The very first year and, and since then, when we've done this, the lines have been very long. Uh, the, the people that were serving come, they're getting their feet washed, they're getting them uh, new socks, and sometimes we even have shoes to give them. Uh, but it's really a representation of what we're trying to do every single day is to serve others. You know, when Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, I'm going to wash your feet. Some of the disciples were a little upset. They said, you're not going to wash mine. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you're not a mine. So it really is something. And then, of course, we had nearly 50 men and women uh, make that decision. We had our, our centers ready for them to get off the street in one day. Uh, almost 50 people. Now, I know from past experiences, not all 50 are going to stay, but some are, and they're going to be given love. They're going to be giving a hope and given encouragement. And when they're in our centers and our programs, we have so many different classes they can attend. Uh, we have computer ed classes where people that don't know how to use a computer. And, and by the way, if you can't use a computer nowadays, you're probably not going to get a job. Uh, you can't do much without having some computer skills. So for some of our, our people that have experienced homelessness, uh, maybe they had some education, uh, but being years on the street, they've kind of lost some of those skills. So we want to uh, give them a fresher course or maybe even teach them something new. Uh, we have classes to get a job, how to, how to get a job, uh, what to say when you're being interviewed, uh, how to keep a job once you get a job. And many of the people that are in our centers are helping us actually operate the day-to-day -day operations. Some are helping in the food service. Some are helping with the janitorial. Some are even helping in our maintenance departments. Uh, we're not trying to make them cooks or chefs or uh, maintenance people. We're trying to give them the skills they need, the soft skills they need to keep a job if they get a job. And that's, you know, having a good attitude, being on time, doing as you're told, uh, taking initiative, and, and uh, everything that a, an employer wants in a good employee. And then we help them with housing. And the most important thing we want to help them with is their spiritual connectedness. You know, we are a Christian organization. We don't shy away from that. Uh, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to follow him in all that we do, and so do our most of our staff. But uh, you don't have to be of any denomination, any faith, to come to serve with us, to help us serve the, the, the people in need, or even to be part of our programs. You are going to hear a Christian over uh, overview, uh, but we're not going to beat that in anybody. Uh, we've been doing this since 1922. This is our 100th year celebration of being able to serve the community. It's a, we're, we're calling it the big 
bold, beautiful centennial celebration. And as it unfolds this year, we're having different activities. In fact, in May, uh, we're going to be really promoting this uh, on air and through all of our media. On May 14th, we're having a graduation ceremony to honor those that have gone through our programs in the past year. This is a cap and gown ceremony. And, and again, in the years past, we've had this uh, faithfully, but the last two years, we weren't able to do it in person. We had to do it by Zoom conferencing and very small, keeping everything uh, super healthy and super protective. But now we've said we're going to do this again. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful ceremony. Uh, families are reunited. F- friends will be there. But we're also inviting as many many people as we can because we have a very special honor that we're going to do for my predecessor. I call them the refounders of the ministry here. That's Dr. Frank and Maxine Jacobs. I know we're not spoiling anything. They already know this, but they have retired for for a few years and they live up in Alabama. uh, And uh, we're going to honor them by naming the flagship building that we have in Miami. It's the Center for Men, and we're going to call it the Caring Place, Dr. Frank and Maxine Jacobs Center for Men. And so this is going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be unveiling of that. Uh, So we're pulling out all the stops. And then later on the year, we're having other uh, gatherings and events that we want to promote uh, what we do and to celebrate. You know, not many organizations, not many businesses can say they've been around for 100 years. I wish that we really didn't have to exist, that homelessness just disappeared and everyone was uh, had affordable housing and and had great jobs. But uh, as the course of time, we know there's always going to be a few people that fall through the cracks uh, that for whatever reason, they just can't seem to make it in life. And that's where we're here. We're, the, we're that, that safety net for them. So as the year progresses, again, we want you to stay tuned. Uh, and in fact, if you've never been to one of our centers, we'd love to have you for a tour. Or if you want to volunteer, uh, we love our volunteers. On Friday, we had over close to 300 volunteers. They did everything from help preparing the meal uh, to plating the meal to serving the meal. This people, this was an actual sit-down dinner where people were served. And then they manned the, the clothing tents and they, they did the foot washing. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And we have different things that we have to get done. You know, people like to come and f- serve the food, but we also need people to help us with cleaning the building, painting, landscaping projects, and so on. So you go to our website at caringplace.org slash volunteer to learn more about volunteering. And by the way, while you're there, uh, if you if you missed your opportunity to help us, uh, for $2.10, you can help someone with that first meal. And I've been here over 30 years, and I know that hope often does begin with that first meal. So go to caringplace.org slash Easter. There's still time to give. caringplace.org slash Easter for $2.10. That's one meal. So for $21, that's 10 meals. And for $210, that's 100 meals. I like to, to dream big and, and, and help us help those that are suffering. Well, God bless you. Stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Caring Place at the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I have on the phone with us today our wonderful supporter, Mark Baker Lovett. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Thank you. I'm excited to join you. Oh, I'm excited. And and I want to thank you once again, uh, Mark. I know I haven't met you in person as of yet. I know you met with Patricia 
I'm sure you met Vanessa, our volunteer coordinator, and you were so kind and generous because you went ahead and you stopped by the center. You didn't even mail it. You didn't even call on the phone. You actually stopped by the office and you sponsored 600 meals for the homeless and the hungry in our community. And Mark, around here, that is a big deal. So I want to thank you again. I will probably thank you another two times before before the radio interview is over because we're very, I mean, our supporters, we couldn't do what we do here every single day, 365 days a year, if it wasn't for the generosity of people like you, right? So I want to ask, uh, and I don't know a lot of the relationship that you have had with us in the past, because again, we haven't met in person, but tell us, number one, how did you hear about the Miami Rescue Mission? Well, I've been a patron for um, many years. Um, I've given in the past, but basically I support, especially the the Bargain Barn. I'm there like twice a week. Love all the guys there. Um, I also, you know, for years I, I donated my car to uh, the Rescue Mission and someone there was able to use it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are needs. And if I have something extra, I, I like to share. Wow, that's amazing. And talking about a bargain barn, it's crazy because I never, I usually when I do radio interviews, I don't talk enough about the bargain barn. So for the listeners, right, our bargain barn is a trip store, right? And it we, is just great. <laughs> I just love it. Now, All the guys there. My, you, um, you volunteer and, there, right, Mark? Well, no, I don't volunteer there, but I support them by shopping. Oh, my God. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about the barn because I never highlight the barn enough. Yeah. You know, the thing I love is I'm a designer in my profession. And so the thing I love about the bargain barn, there's always very unique stuff. There's always new stuff. It's not all just old, um, you know, recycled stuff, which I love, too. But um, it's, it's a big place. You can furnish your whole house there. You can buy all your clothes there. Every time I need something extra, that's the first place I go. So, yeah, so I love that place. That's amazing. And the Bargain Barn uh, for our listeners is located at 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue, and that's in Miami. And and the crazy thing is that we also need volunteers. So Mark is a supporter. He is a customer at the Bargain Barn, which I love too, Mark. I totally agree with you. And I go often, right? And so we always need volunteers as well. And for those of you that are wondering, uh, is this like a third party? No. The Bargain Barn is very much connected and owned by the organization. So every dollar, right, that goes through it, uh, you know, it's revenue for the programs that we're trying to do. So think about it. We've been in the community for the last 100 years. And when you have been in the community for that long, we have many people that donate a lot of stuff to us, right? And there are cases when we cannot use it all at the same time, right? You would not want something that you donate to be sitting around until it goes to waste, right? Because it happens. Let's face it. When you put something away and you wait too long to use it, what happens? It turns yellow. Uh, I'm sorry, but I believe that it starts to smell. Um, I, yeah. it's, it's terrible. It's like dust. Right? It, it turns to dust. Yeah, Thank you, is. Mark. Yeah. And and so when it goes to the to the bargain barn, not only does it provide revenue for us, but also is training grounds for our residents. A lot of our residents go to the bargain barn as part of their Christian service assignment. And these are the guys that Mark is talking about, right? And these are the guys yes. that go there and they get amazing skills. Uh, customer mm-hmm. service, 
Uh, some of them help yeah. with the cashier job of the, the uh, you know. The yeah, structures. yeah. There's Alfredo. There's Louis. There's Mike. There's Larry. Um, Dragon. There's like the greatest guys over there. They're always willing to help you. They're so they, uh, sweet. Are knowledgeable. Department. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're amazing. So sweet. They, they have this customer service skills that they have acquired, and they were not always that way. You know, we have trained them to learn how to deal with customers and with the public. And and so I love the bargain bar. So thank you, Mark, for telling me that. See, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, and, and so yeah. that connection is very special. Thank you. Thank you. Now, why donate enough to feed 600 people? Tell me about that. Because, again, it's a well, big deal. Yeah, I mean, I I support a lot of homeless people just on the street when, you know, I see them. I have some special ones that I see, like at the grocery store. And, you know, just, you know, I try to, to support them, you know, give them a few dollars or buy them something, but I also encourage them. And that's the most important thing is just to touch base. If you see someone that's just, you've seen them three or four times, say hello. Yeah. You know, don't pass without just, you know, smiling, you know. It's a gesture, but it really means a lot to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know what? You mentioned something that resonates with me because it is so important to make that eye contact, right? I've seen people, yeah. and I'm not judging. I know that for some individuals it's really hard to face reality, right? And yeah. and so they're not looking down because they don't feel the compassion. Sometimes they look down because they don't know what to do or they don't know that they can actually tell someone hey, did you know that there are homeless shelters in our community that can help you? And I also know that sometimes they're not ready, but that eye contact is so important because you're letting them know, I see you, right? I'm going to smile at you. Yeah, and it's also the love vibration that you're sending them love, you know? That vibration that they're not getting because they're repetitiously, you know, like not, you know, there sometimes. So, but just inserting that, that vibration of love to them really, really, you know, over time they respond to it, you know, and it really can change them. I I believe it. I believe it too. And one day they can say, you know what, Uh, this person has been giving me information about the closest, nearest homeless shelter. This person has been giving me water. This person has been giving me a smile. This person is sending me love and praying for me. And one day Mm -hmm. they say, you know what, I had enough of this treat. I'm going to see what this center is about. So for those of you that are listening, and it's hard, and I know for some people it's hard. I have close friends of mine that tell me, Leanne, I cannot find the strength to look, to actually look them in the face, right? Because for some people it's hard. So I don't, I'm not. They're afraid. uh, Yeah. And and it's really, you know, I mean, I am, because I worked with homeless people in New York and I studied, you know, at Pomoja House and uh, Partnership for the Homeless. Common Avenue Baptist Church in New York. And so we were out there really on the street, giving out blankets, talking to people. Maybe we'd have a little something to pass out for the street. But that stimulation and just touching base, because you don't know, how can they ask you if you never contact them or you never talk to them? How can can you So, you need to yeah. you need so to continue to spread the hope, right? And and yeah, for those of uh, you that are listening, I mean, I want you to know that we have cards that we make specially to give you. Uh, so if you're driving and you see a homeless person, call me, uh, call anybody here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broadway Reach Centers, and we can send you these special cards that you can give to the person who's homeless. And I always say, please do not give them just a piece of paper, right? I always accompany that with a bottle of water, with a snack yeah. bar, with something tangible, mm-hmm. right? You want them to pay yeah. attention to the piece of paper you're giving them. 
so you want to gain that that you know that trust in you. So you're giving them something and you're telling them, hey, did you know that you can get help, right? So switching gears now to the to the event, uh, Mark. Uh, Friday was a success. We had our Thanksgiving on Good Friday. Uh, we had over 200 volunteers in both of our campuses in Miami and Broward County. We had supporters like you, Mark, that said, you know what, I cannot make it or I don't know if I can make it, but I'm going to sponsor meals, right? And I'm going to make sure that I make yeah. a difference. It's not too late. I always say that we never stop feeding. If you want to support the work that we do, uh, and if you want to support and help the homeless in our community, homeless and hungry individuals, and and children it's not too late you can visit our website yeah and it's super it's super important because um you know right now um they didn't have it last year because of the covid and then so now this is the first time back and so it's it's really great to um restart it you know and then uh, hopefully it will just keep going from there Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do. Thank you for joining us Welcome. today. And I hope to meet you in person soon. Yes, you will. You Thank will. you. Thank it's you so much. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers, the Caring Place. I'm so excited. Today we have on the phone with us our supporter, Dalia Mason. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, Dalia, you know, I had to. I, I know I don't know you in person yet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I know the wonderful things you're doing. So I wanted to ask my first question, right? How did you get involved with the Miami Rescue Mission? So I initially became involved with the Miami Rescue Mission because I was looking for different organizations in the Miami area to get involved in. And actually, someone from my school volunteered with the Miami Rescue Mission um, I sent out a message in the group chat basically saying, hey, um, I'm volunteering with this group. If you're um, interested in getting involved, let me know. And so that's exactly what I did. I emailed her, and um, she got me in contact with Vanessa. And through that, I filled out the application form and everything. Um, so I'm really grateful for, you know, that one random student who reached out and offered that opportunity for me to get involved. Isn't that amazing? And I want our listeners mm -hmm. to to hear that, right, because sometimes – you may not be the right person to volunteer at the moment because you do not have the time or because you're very busy or you simply just don't, don't want to. But sharing the information, you may get someone excited to do it. So how wonderful, right, mm -hmm. that you heard from us from someone else that was trying to do the same thing and you got inspired and you said, you know what, I want to do it. And then, of course, I know you were interested in the Girlfriends for Girlfriends. And for our listeners, if you don't know what that is, that is a wonderful group of volunteers. They're all women. And what they do, they care. Their focus is to for the women outside of our programs. These are women that either are struggling in the community or they graduated from our programs. They went through our programs and now they are on their own. And they still need a little bit of help, right? So, Dalia, I know you're, you're doing a fundraiser, you're doing, you're collecting items. What type of items are you collecting? Mm -hmm. So, um, after speaking to some people through um, Girlfriends for Girlfriends, I realized that um, a lot of the women had needs um, specifically for the kitchen and bathroom. So, the main items that I'm collecting are, like, cleaning items, um, dish towels, um, air fresheners, basically any kind of household things that you would use in your kitchen or bathroom. 
That's awesome. And, and the women appreciate this, right? And these are new items. So I want our listeners to know my point here will be there is always a way to help. So if you want to give back to our community, I know something else you're doing, uh, Dalia, and I don't want to forget, is that you, you're the one writing special cards for Mother's Day or just special cards for the women in the program. Um, so, yeah, these are just cards um, to go to the woman generally. So some other students at my university heard about what I was doing, um, and they have an organization called the Black Female Development Circle. And the president actually reached out to me and said that for one of their events, they wanted to write cards to women in the area. And so um, I was able to reach out to um, Marilyn Brummett, and she sent me a list of some of the women's names, and I sent that over to the organization so they could write some letters to the woman, inspiring them and just kind of connecting with them. And that's amazing. And you, uh, you don't, you maybe don't know this yet, but the difference, the impact, right? I've seen the smiles. I, I've seen how the women, you know, react to getting something personal mm -hmm. written by someone else. And, and I've seen it and I know it makes a great difference. So I thank you so much. I actually lead the Cover Girls, which is the other group of women that actually focus on helping um, helping the women in the program. So now, Dalia, by you writing those cards, by raising the funds to get the items for the households, you are actually helping both groups, right? And honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, you're making such a great difference. We thank you so much, Dalia Mason. You heard it here. Thank you so much for everything you're doing, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful day. Well, we are at that part of the program where we get to interview someone who is going through life change. Sometimes as someone who's already feels like they've come out at the other end of the tunnel. But today I'm talking to Darnell and he feels like he's in uh, maybe three quarters of the tunnel. We'll <laughs> say it that way. But welcome to the program, Darnell. Thank you, and I'm happy to be here. Well, Darnell, let's quickly go back uh, to your early childhood. Tell us a little bit about your family. Um, was you a family that went to church, didn't go to church? I mean, how did you get started in life? Well, yes, we were a working family. You know, we weren't poor. We were middle class, and um, we went to church on Sundays, but it was mostly going to church with my grandparents. They were the strongest part of it. We went to church mostly with the grandparents. They were the strongest part of our spiritual growing now as you went into high school what what happened well I was doing good until I got into like my sophomore year in high school that's when I just really just went through, down the wrong path you know drugs alcohol and girls and just cutting classes just totally being totally now, rebellious. that pull that took you that way why was it I mean you'd gone to church you kind of knew the right way was you trying to be cool? I don't know what was. No, trying. it was it was the lure. It was the lure of good times and partying. You know, it's like what you do is you you don't try to taste any of it because once you taste of it, you're going to keep wanting it. And I made the mistake of hanging around the wrong crowd, and I wanted to try to do both worlds do good in school and party and found out that does not work mm, that does not work okay but you went ahead you did get married and um yes. you had a family so talk about those early years yes uh i finished school and i uh, got a good paying job and i got married and i had children and i uh, had grandkids and things were going well you know really well for quite a while but then uh, I would go into what I would call weekend warrior binges, you know, and it seemed like the, the life that I had once before just kept coming back in me, you know, just kept creeping back in the darkness, and I would sneak off 
and be gone for the weekend and party and then come back like everything was okay. And so that didn't really wasn't well with the rest of the family. No, they no. they didn't smile upon that. No, they tried to deal with it as much as possible, but you know, I made it hard for them. I really did. Okay, so you actually where are you from? You're not from Florida. No, I'm from Chicago. From Chicago. So all these things you're talking about did happen in Chicago. Now you saying off the air that you'd gone into some programs up there. Yes, there were quite a few in Chicago. They were not quite as big on scale as Miami Rescue Mission, but a lot of them I mostly did evangelizing and help fundraising. And it, I learned a lot about prayer, mostly from them, you know, about the power of prayer. Well, that's a good thing. Yes, uh, I, that's the one thing I did learn a lot of. I, mean, I helped out a lot as far as evangelizing, as far as going out into the public and um, speaking about our church and how much we could help them. And speaking about Jesus, you know, I learned a lot about that. And that's all good. I think what I'm picking up from what you're saying is, though, that as you went into a program, it was more about working what they wanted rather than working on what you needed as a person. And I know here at the mission, I actually hear those kind of words. Um, I, I hear men and women say, oh, I want to work with you, Mrs. Brummett, up there in the you know, development mm -hmm. department. I'd be really good at this. And I say, first of all, you're here because of you. And you need to have your needs met first, not my needs, uh, even though I might really love to have you. Um, the timing is not right yet. Make sure that you're a whole person. Because I had a pastor tell me a long time ago, hurting people hurt people. So until you're whole and unhurting yourself. Yeah. So you did leave um, Chicago and came to Miami. What was the reason you left? Well, in Chicago, Miami is famous for one thing, and it was everywhere in Chicago, and that's Miami Vice. You know, everywhere you went, Miami Vice was being played in Chicago, and I saw one episode where actual Miami Rescue Mission is in the Miami Vice episode, where Tubbs and Don Johnson actually went into a Miami Rescue room doing surveillance. Wow. And I was like, wow, look, that's a that's that a mission. So cool. And I saw how big and beautiful it looked. Okay, that's so cool. I remember Dr. J telling us about that. Dr. J is our previous president of the Miami Rescue Mission. Well, I'm going to have to go to a break, but we're going to be back with the rest of your story, Darnell. So don't turn that dial. We'll be back in just a moment. Well, we're here with Darnell. He's telling us his story and what really brought him to the mission. Now, I ask people all the time, what brought you to the Miami Rescue Mission or who told you there was a Miami Rescue Mission? But I have to say, Darnell, you are the very first person I've ever spoken to and interviewed that told me that you came because you saw the Miami Rescue Mission on a Miami Vice uh, TV show and they were actually uh, Tubbs and uh, Don Johnson was doing a surveillance um, at one in one of the Miami Rescue Mission rooms yes. so you're the first on that one so you did leave Chicago. You did come to Miami. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you want the sun, the fun, but uh, the sun, the fun isn't all sun and fun if you don't mm -hmm. have a place to live and you're not uh, really able to take care of yourself. So you did come into the Miami Rescue Mission for a yes. short time. What happened? What? Why didn't you stay? Well, I made the effort to work and go through my program, but um, I kept communicating back and forth with my, at that time, with my wife. And... Um, you know, she kept saying that, you know, I'll need you to come home, you know. And I was reluctant because I really was enjoying what I was doing, but I finally gave in and went back 
and went back home with her. And you did try. You were yes, there for, for a year and a half. Yes, I did. I really did try to do my best to make it work. But I, I really was just empty inside, you know. I, it was something that was missing. I felt disconnected. Even though I was helping others there to be happy, I myself was not happy. Well, I bet somebody who's listening is identifying with that particular feeling where if you're always busy to making everybody else right and happy, but you yourself, mm-hmm. there's something missing, uh, there's something not quite right, uh, then how do you how do you function? And uh, I know you I know personally, you can't help anybody else until you are um, whole. You, you're as a person that you're whole and that you know how uh, to fight depression and all those negative feelings. So what happened? You you came back. So how how did you come back? Well, I sat down and I finally just asked and let her know that, look, we have to be honest with each other. I said, I have to go back and finish what I started. I shouldn't have left. I said, because uh, I feel something's missing and I feel disconnected. And I should have finished the program I was in. I said, because I was happy. I was, I was feeling like I had some purpose. And then I finally got it to where she said, yes, I, I believe you. I can tell that you do. You do need to go back and finish what God was doing in your life because I can tell that you were a lot happier when I communicated with you before. She said, yes, I agree with you. I, you have my blessing. I want you to do what God's will is for your life. Okay, so now that you've come back, you have come back with a family's blessing, and now you're here, and you're, I think, halfway through the Alpha program, yes, which is the upperclassman uh, type, I don't know how to say it, it's like being a senior at Harvard um, here at the Mission. And uh, so in Alpha, uh, since you're going through those particular classes and not everybody really gets to that stage of Alpha, but you're there, what does that do for you? Uh, well... I wouldn't I would like to say that being alpha is not what I thought it was it's better because you're getting to know so much more about God and the information that is in alpha is absolutely wonderful I mean there are so many new insights into the teachings that they have for us it's absolutely wonderful and my relationship with God has gotten so much stronger because of being an alpha and I'm just so happy about that part and we get to go to different churches and we just it's just so many things we get to do it's like it's a whole new level of my relationship with God, and I'm loving it. Now, not only go to different churches, but you have creative living, and yes. you get to go to symphonies and oh yeah, I find was, out there's life that. out there. Yes, when I first saw my first symphony and listened to it, I was thinking I wouldn't like it, but it was really beautiful music. I actually shed a tear. Yes, I will tell the truth. I shed a tear. So you have um, art projects and all yes, kinds ma'am. of things. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. So hopefully, and we're going to be praying for you, Darnell, and I, I covet the prayers of those who are listening. If you are a person who prays, um, put Darnell down on your list of prayers that God will con, uh, complete uh, his work in his life and that he'll be able to go back to his family as a whole person. Thank you, Darnell, for sharing your story. I know it's not easy. God bless yes. you so much. Thank you, and God bless you. Wow, what a great testimony from Darnell. And you know, that's what it's really all about in our centers in Miami and Broward. Uh, Everything that we do, we're serving hundreds of people during the course of a day, uh, thousands of people during the course of a year, and yet it comes down to that one person. You know, when people come to our centers often, they're broke. 
They're disgusted. They have very little that they're bringing. Uh, many times women are coming to us fleeing domestic violence. Uh, we have people that have served in our military, and for whatever reason, they've just fallen through the cracks, and they're at our front door. And I know there's a lot of help, but people sometimes just don't get it. And when we see people come to us and they start getting that vision that things can be different, we have a wonderful staff. We have wonderful volunteers. Uh, uh, we have great food most of the time, and people like where they're staying. They're comfortable. They're out of the elements. They're getting a change of clothes. They're showering. They're getting hygiene products. And th when that happens, uh, people start saying, you know, th these people are real. They really care about me. And then they understand that God cares about them and that God has a plan for them, not to hurt them, but to prosper them. And then the wheels start turning and people start taking advantage of all the classes that we have, all the life skills, all the counseling, all the addiction, all that things that uh, will make them uh, better prepared to, to live in life and to get a job. And then they start uh, really telling others about the good news. You know, we can't do all that we do without you. Today is Easter. On Friday, we had our Thanksgiving on Good Friday outreach. We served over 1,500 men, women, and children. It was a glorious time. We haven't been able to do this in a few years because of COVID. And uh, people were there to wash the feet of those that were in attendance. It, was, it really brought tears to so many eyes. Um, people that have been with us for a few years came back, but we had a lot of new people come and it was just a wonderful time. I am so very, very grateful. I've been here over 30 years, and I've met so many people from different walks of life. I've, I've seen children uh, start when they're four and five and still continue to serve with their family until they go away to college, and then they go away to college and come back and still serve, and, and that's what gets me excited every single day. I know that together as a community, uh, with love from, from ourselves and from the Lord, that people can change. You can still help us today on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, you can go to caringplace.org slash Easter. For $2.10, you'll provide that first meal that often leads to a changed life. So for $2.10, it's one meal. For $21, that's a table. And I believe there's people out there that can do, do, do $210 and maybe even $2,100 uh, today on Easter. Again, go to caringplace.org slash Easter. And while you're there, you can check out all the different volunteer opportunities that we have. You know, many people like to come and serve meals. Uh, many people like to do hygiene products uh, drives, hygiene drives or food drives. But there's a slew of things that you can do. And you're a talented individual. Maybe you're a painter, a carpenter. Uh, maybe you're a landscaper. Uh, maybe you have a company that would like to come out and do a work day. Uh, we need and love our volunteers. You know, years ago, when I say years ago, two or three years ago, we had over 9,000 volunteers providing over 90,000 hours of, of help. And that really makes a difference in, in how we are able to operate on a daily basis. In the last two years, we've kind of dropped down a lot, but now we're regaining it. People are getting excited. Uh, they want to get out of their homes. They want to regain their lives. They want to be able to give back to others. And we counted an honor when people come alongside of us because there's a lot of opportunities out there. So we want to make sure that when you come, that you have meaningful volunteer work and that you see what we do on a continuing basis. You know, next month, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but on May 14th, I just want to remind people that we're having a graduation ceremony. It's part of our 100-year celebration. We call it the Big, Bold, Beautiful Centennial Celebration. And there's going to be some special events taking place at our graduation. This is a full cap and gown. Again, we haven't been able to do this in a few years, but we're bringing it back. And it's all because of our donors. So God bless you. 
Happy Easter and stay tuned next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.